Do you have a book report due tomorrow? Do you want to sound more intellectual at a party? Do you need a modern rendition of modern literature to keep the sea people at bay? And this is the podcast for you. Welcome to No Need to Read. Come gather around, it's story time with Nicholas Just Rally. There is no need to read with Nicholas Just Rally. If he's wrong, it's not a fault. Take everything with a side of salt. Come gather around for story time with Nicholas Just Rally. Oh, welcome to No Need to Read with Nicholas Jost Riley, where Nicholas Jost Riley explains books so you don't have to. I'm Justin Wollums. I'm Xander Wells. And I'm Nicholas Riley, banned from Denny's internationally. <laughs> That's true. That's a true fact. Welcome back. Uh, today we will be talking John Steinbeck's <laughs> Of Mice and Men. Here we go. So John Steinbeck's famous novella of Mice and Men has had much success and has lived in our collective minds for over 80 years, having its first adaptation to the silver screen just merely two years after it was first published. This is, of course, a tale of two migrant workers in the 1930s traveling, seeking work, and all the events that occur during their time working on a ranch. So Nick, let's go ahead and jump in. So who are our two main character two main characters are the brothers george and lenny the brothers okay so the brothers brothers. so george and lenny they have a last name last names in the time weren't important they they it came and went as time went on you kind of took on whatever name you wanted right yeah so well that which which may play a part that gets into yeah i think it gets into it so they just kind of uh they're traveling Mm -hmm. and at this time it's very um i guess kind of like vagabond culture yeah you're going you're going from place to place 1930s you went where the Um, work went Yep. Yeah, you were you went where the work went, yeah. and sometimes uh, you just need a different a different name depending on um you know traveling. So we'll kind of get into that. <laughs> um, so you said the uh, so their relationship, their their brothers, in more detail, what yeah. is their relationship like? How is that relationship? Yeah. Oh well, you know, um, George is kind of like how I would describe like the front man. He is the talker. He's the smooth guy. He's the yeah. one that's planning things. He's the one that's when things start to get uh, go down or go wrong he is at the front formulating a plan he talks his way out he talks his way out he's a talker he's a talker and of course we should mention uh for those uh, people who are here they haven't uh they don't know the story um uh, lenny has uh some kind of a mental disability he's uh he's he's uh slower and uh he's more innocent as far as how he thinks so uh, George is he does more of the talking because I think especially at this time people like Lenny were not treated um, uh, most of the time they were treated they horribly they they were treated horribly and nowhere near the respect um, or just like as as a human like uh, George might have been so um, so yeah George does most of the talking yeah um, and he uh, he kind of looks out he protects Lenny for the most part. Um, mm-hmm whether i think lenny needs it or not um so would you say their relationship is pretty amicable they like each other they get along or i would say yes it's it's pretty amicable i mean it, it's the whole idea family does come first and right. i believe they both family are for them family always comes first and i think they really um they really stick to that as we'll see yeah um, so Steinbeck actually details that the two are heading south um, from where they were previously working. Uh, as they, as you said, Xander, you travel, you go where the work yeah. goes. Um, so um, they're working in the north and they are traveling south. So first off, 
those are just general directions. So we need to know which state in which have they been traveling in. And uh, well, let's go ahead and answer that. So which state are they currently in? Well, as you know, most stories, we like to start top to bottom. And I think where we're going to start is going to be at the top of the U.S., Maine. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, we're, start, we're starting all the way so, at the top. So they're coming from Maine. Coming from Maine. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty what's, far What's north? Maine like? A Maine, you know, it's cold all the time. <laughs> all the time. A lot of fishers. Does that make good for for ranch work? Like they're about to... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> But so, that, that is why so, they're moving so, for so, Yeah, so that, I guess that answers my next... I guess that answers... Well, I think that answers my next question is, uh, is that why they left their previous job? Well, yes. As you know about Maine, that there is seasons, and there are different things that you do in different seasons. <laughs> Lobsters are not found season-wide in every season, and the work will dry up as they need lobsters to, you know... So their previous job was... Lobster, lobster fishing. Lobster, lobster fishing. fishing. <laughs> So they're heading south. They're heading do south. they stay in Maine, or are they just heading south, south? Uh, they're just heading south, south for the time being. They're so trying they're getting, to find a ranch. So they're getting out of Maine. So they're yeah. heading south to a ranch. Uh, they're heading south from Maine to a ranch somewhere uh, down south until they uh, head it. So okay. Um, so we know that George has found him and Lenny uh, another job working on a ranch. They're traveling there, uh, walking by foot or any other way they can. They don't own a car. Correct. Um, George gives Lenny very specific instructions on what to do when they do arrive at the ranch. Um, what is that? Um, when they arrive at the ranch, he's like, we need to appear as already knowing everything about ranch work. <laughs> we, are, we are lobster fishers. We, we, are lobster fishers. we need to know about ranch now, work. Now, curious, can you tell me how similar is lobstering to uh, ranch work? Uh, not in the slightest. Really? At all. <laughs> Completely, completely different. different how hard is lobster fishing very hard it's a hardy job i mean you gotta get on those boats you gotta get those lobster if, cages if, it's cold if i know anything from watching the deadliest catch <laughs> it rough, is hard rough you work. know the show was inspired by john steinbeck <laughs> <laughs> well in fact <laughs> so where, where do they end up what what state do they end up going to? Yeah, well know. they're they're going down further and you know it takes time to get there and the seasons shift and change and so they arrive in connecticut <laughs> is the first is the first you guys of their stops. you guys you guys oh so it's the first of their stops yes well, they, they, but, but, we, but we know that the story takes place in their final destination as far Correct. as right now so is their final destination in connecticut no it is not okay we're, well let's let's go ahead and get their final destination yeah. uh, their final destination is in georgia georgia, georgia. so they georgia. get to a ranch in georgia uh georgia and georgia uh, what's okay. georgia like georgia you know home of peaches that, that it that's Far- all we know for now. That's, yeah, that's all we know. <laughs> they know there's a lot of ranch work and there's a lot of peaches. Listen, we can't jump ahead of what John yes. Steinbeck is. Sorry, right. sorry. I know I'm ruining Steinbeck's um, work. <laughs> so, so he tells Lenny, he's like, we have to act like we really know what we're doing or else we're not going to be able to work on this farm. Yeah, they're going to go, hey, those are fucking lobster fishers. <laughs> yeah. And they can't do ranch. You can smell it on them. Yeah, <laughs> you can smell, smell the lobster on them. Smell lobster. lobster. Um, so they have formulated a plan that, mm-hmm. to understand and, and Lenny goes along with it as best as he can. Um, so, uh, while George is talking to Lenny, Lenny seems a bit distracted and George notices that Lenny's hiding something in his pocket. What is Lenny hiding in, in and why is he hiding it? It's a fully grown lobster. <laughs> <laughs> why would he be hiding a 
Does he have it? Fully grown lobster in his pocket. Well, he's a lobster fisher at heart. He did, he wanted to take a piece of home with him. Is it alive? Oh, yeah. He's been feeding this <laughs> hold lobster. On, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what? He's been keeping this single lobster alive? Yeah. Don't they need water? Uh, of course. You don't think there's water along the path they've been traveling? Uh, so they've, been, they've probably been walking across the best, most rivers and creeks. I mean, honestly, yeah. yeah. He comes, yeah. comes to the Mississippi, takes it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been following the rivers, man. That's how. That's honestly the best way to travel. Is it travel. truly it's is. Great. The rivers. Lobster in his pocket. So he's been keeping this lobster alive. So, so George, what does George do when he finds out he's been carrying a lobster George around? is like, we got to get rid of this lobster. But we can't let anybody see us get rid of this lobster because then we're going to know. We're lobster fishers, because there's no fucking lobster yeah, around here. He's like, well, where'd you get that lobster? Yeah, like, wait a minute, you two lobster <laughs> fishers? Is that you a main lobster, lobster fishers? <laughs> wait, so how does Lenny feel about this? Lenny, of course, is like, well, I want to keep this piece of home He's with probably me. Sad. Does lobster have a sad. name? Oh, yeah, of course. What's the name? Maine. Because <laughs> it's from Maine. Never said they were both equally creative. But Maine, Maine the lobster. Maine the lobster. So, so what does George do to get rid of it? George thinks to himself, well, he just needs a piece of home. A piece yeah. of where we're from. Yeah. And he thinks to himself, well, maybe I can't give him another fully sized lobster. But you know what I can do? I can quick carve a little lobster for Lenny. <laughs> so he that might, might be enough. He whittles, that might just be enough. He whittles him a little lobster. He whittles him a little lobster. That's and he really says, nice. Lenny, I know you love Maine, the state and the lobster, but you have to let one of them go. And let's keep the <laughs> memories of Maine and get rid of Maine the lobster. That's... And they say, you know what? I think he's like, I'll do it. Thank you for this lobster, brother. And then they let it free into the sea. Uh, uh, the sea in Georgia? This, well, the We're, sea. They're in Connecticut right now. Oh, sorry. The sea uh, in okay. Connecticut? Well, no, there are rivers that lead to the yeah, sea. Yeah, like, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Sorry, so they lead him down the path. But this is not the story of Maine the lobster, so we won't be detailing uh, his I, journey. Is that a side? Does Steinbeck write about that later on? He does. It's a small short story gotcha. he published about three years I later. Pick that up. So, um,. So they get through the lobster as they sit down, you know, they kind of camp as they're going there. So they eventually over their journey, this part's not really detailed. They, they travel to their destination in Georgia, but uh, as the nights go on and they travel there, they, they sit around campfires and uh, you know, just enjoy each other's company. But most notably they share, uh, they, they share a dream. Mm -hmm. um, I won't, I won't say it's a goal, uh, because they don't know if they'll ever reach it. That's what dreams are. It's something that you'd really like and you can work towards. So they share this dream and they talk about it. So what is this dream of theirs that they can maybe eventually work to? Well, as you know, George is, is a front man. He's a talker. But, you know, a lot of people who like to talk sometimes like to sing. And he loves singing. <laughs> he wants to be... A big name musician. So he's a singer. Yeah, he wants to be a singer. He wants to be a singer. And of course, at the time, 1930s, he's got to be. He wants to be a jazz singer. Yeah, yep. yeah. Is that what he wants? Jazz. He he wants. He's he's a lover of every type of music. Gotcha. Yeah, right. Jazz, right. great. So so he shares his dream of being a jazz singer, which is at the moment kind of out of reach. They're Very mi they're migrant reach. farm workers yeah, or, and fishermen. Exactly. You know, um, Georgia famous does, for jazz. <laughs> does Lenny have a dream? Lenny's dream is to, Please, you know, just be there for his brother in any way. Just a supporter. Of yeah, him. a supporter. He, he, good he really, yeah. I, I think, if anything, we'll, we'll learn they're really good brothers. Wow. 
so they finally they arrive uh, in Georgia to mm-hmm. their work, um, and they get in the morning and they head into the ranch for their new job. Uh, they meet another worker on the ranch before they actually ever like meet anyone else. They actually meet another uh, ranch worker. Um, so please give us like this person's name, tell us who they are, and what's a little unique about them. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, anyway, <laughs> who else? has read the story knows yeah this is um garco, garco. That, that is his that is his ranch garco name. his real name at this point is unknown people don't it's it, like people, it's like how you're saying with george and lenny people don't really yep, have their real names. they don't have their yeah. real names his name is garco 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 what's, what's he like garco yeah. is a uh strong man he's a big guy big farm worker big farmer he's been ranch working most of his life and let me tell you wow. what his body shows it. he's jacked yeah jacked. what's unique about him uh, unique is how jacked he is. That's it? He's That's like, for for the 1930s. Uniquely strong. Yeah, uniquely strong, uniquely tall. Like, I mean, he is Goliath and, and, to their, their David. And as we'll, as we'll find out, uh, Lenny's also pretty strong. Lenny that's, is also pretty strong. That's why the, it's like he makes a, a good worker. Mm-hmm. That's why he's a good lobster farmer. He can pull the baskets well, that's out the thing, of and, the... And, yeah. and George believes that they can also be good good ranch workers yeah. because mm-hmm. he can, I, I guess, I've never worked on a farm. I, I have. Baling hay is one of there the most exhausting... Like, I'm talking... That's what I've heard. One of the most exhausting things you can so, do. So, George believes uh, that that Lenny will also be good work, which is, which is why they think they can uh, get this work and maybe keep it for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we have two very strong men men uh we have lenny and garcos and that's the thing that is um so unique about this this man um so they kind of they walk into the ranch they meet this new uh co-worker who we believe will will come up uh later in the story mm-hmm. um but they do eventually meet their new boss uh which george is a little tense around uh like i like you said they are they're not really ranch workers they're fishermen they want to make a good impression yes um so when they meet, just kind of give us like some short details. Uh, how does this conversation with the new boss play out? Well, yes. So there's the ranch uh, owner. He's there. Right. And, of course, he's a very busy person. Right. He's like, I don't want no sass. Just tell me what you're here to do. Tell me why you should do it and why I should hire you. Right. And so George is point. like, yep, straight to the point. George is like, fine, good. Let's get straight to the point here. We're strong. We're good at what we do, and that is ranch work. And obviously, lying. Being, we're not lobster farmers. Yeah, we're not lobster farmers. He's making it very clear that they have never seen a lobster, generally in their entire life. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lenny's holding his lobster. Yeah, he, he's holding <laughs> lobster. His, his wooden lobster. His carved mm-hmm. lobster. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they get hired. They, they they do get hired. George again, very good talker. Very good. Talker. Able to impress. He gets straight to the point. And the ranch owner is like, well, dang. And, and he can point to Lenny and say, look how look how big this guy is. And yep. he can obviously be strong. So he's going to be a good worker, you know. Um, so, yeah, he hires him. Um, their next day of work will be tomorrow morning. Um, so um, and this is a big ranch. It's got, you know, it's kind of the thing. It's got bunk houses. So it, it, they live on this ranch. Um, they get paid uh, monthly uh, for their work. So they kind of live and work on this ranch as long as they're employed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once the boss leaves... Uh, the, the, the two men, George and Lenny, uh, George finds out that their coworker, who we know as Garco, uh, seems to be eavesdropping on them, kind mm. of trying to scope out who these guys are and what they're like. Now he knows they're hired. Um, and while they're talking, Garco and George, another man seems to walk into the room. 
one that looks very similar to the boss is not the boss, but looks similar to him. Who could, who could only be the boss's son? Of course. Yes. yes. Of course. Is the boss's son. And what are some like very important characteristics about, um, about this character that will play an integral part of the story? And I don't mean like physical attributes. What is this person like? Oh yeah. So most people who are, you know, the children of big business moguls generally are pretty entitled a little kind of greasy, maybe a little bit of uh, I could I could even use the term a slime ball. He generally, <laughs> generally is just a very entitled child who's grown up only knowing you know the finer things. Not a nice guy to be. Not around. a nice person to be around at all. I always pictured both of these people. Um, so uh, uh, I think Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazards is for us is a little too early, but of course we know it's parody. Doug Dimmadome from <laughs> the Dimsdale Dimmadome. I, only, I assume that the boss man looks like Doug Dimmadome. He has the hat. Just and he has the yeah, all white suit and, and the hat. Even though that's like a Texas look. This isn't Texas. This is Georgia. And but I, you know, that is that is the ranch style. Yeah, and but and I assume his son looks like just a smaller version. Smaller, of that. Yeah. smaller, slimier. What's version. his What's his name? Yeah, what's his name? Uh, so the the ranch owner's name is Bobby Ranch. Bobby Ranch. Bobby, Bobby Ranch <laughs> because he owns the ranch. And his son, Robbie Ranch. <laughs> Bobby and Robbie Ranch. Uh, so Ranch have, so Robbie, Robbie Ranch. comes in. Robbie so comes he's in. so he's real slimy. He's real sleazy. And he kind of acts that way. Kind of carries a I'm better than you. I'm better than Ooh, all these yeah. workers. Look at my 100%. dad. My dad owns this. I live ranch. up. I live up in the house. You live in the bunks down here. Exactly. Kind of. Um, so uh, great. So he walks in. He kind of lets everybody know what how he acts and what he is um and generally everybody just doesn't like that they don't like when he comes around uh so when he leaves uh the co-worker garco uh lets him know that the boss's son has been uh, a bit more uptight recently and the reason for that is that he just got married oh yes. why would he be uptight if he just got married yeah mm-hmm. well he wants to make sure that He's running a tight ship, and that his parents are running a tight ship because he wants to impress his new wife. He he needs to make sure everything's up to standard. He's like, oh, I got I got impressed because one day I'll be taking over this. That's his thought. He's like, this will all be mine one day. Yeah, and I I, I got to make sure it's good for my wife and her family too. Gotcha. And so, so it's more of a stress of responsibility. Yes, the right. stress of responsibility okay. is really taking. Oh, so that's kind of admirable. <laughs> yes, yeah. but at the same time, you can do that. You can take the stress of responsibility and direct it in a better way than what. He yeah, did. and mix that with being a slime ball. That's yeah. true. Yeah, you're going to come off as even a worse person. Exactly. It's like a character yeah. from Mad Men, easily. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh so uh they talk about they're speaking of the the uh the, the boss the son's boss sorry the boss's son has left he's gone that's why garco feels um okay talking about him but as he's talking about the wife when you speak of the devil the devil appears very true the wife appears um in the bunkhouse or just outside the bunkhouse so uh, as we're introducing characters all at one time, we'll just go ahead and describe what they're like and their personality. So uh, please go ahead and describe um, Robbie's wife. Robbie's wife. Uh, Maxine Farmer. Maxine Farmer. Maxine Farmer. Mm-hmm. So we have the ranches and we have the farmers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and they'll be friends. It's really great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. They're marrying like you know the farmers into the ranchers, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, families. Very nice yeah. of them. Very nice um, of them. So Ma- Maxine. Yep. Uh, Maxine uh, Farmer. Um, uh, what's she like? What's her general personality? You know, she's a little strict, but at the same time, it feels like she's got a good heart somewhere really <laughs> yep. so somewhere she, in there does she hold power on this ranch uh not yet but she's okay. trying but she's to trying, trying to, to enact it. Ah. so yeah. what's what's her general demeanor towards the yeah, workers how she on the farm hands yeah uh a little harsh really yeah she doling out orders but she but she holds no power exactly she's, she's trying to get like a a lay of the land here a feel like gotcha. what are people gonna do when she walks so, up and just says who she is and starts giving her How orders. do the workers feel about her? Yeah. Oh, the workers, of course, are like, well, we don't like her. She's obviously not that great, but it's better than Robbie. Right. <laughs> better but, than but, Robbie. You know, but at Robbie. the same time, we know what time. This is This is the 1930s. Yes. A bunch of men. They're also probably not going to pay too much attention to her because that's – women were treated – horribly yeah even horribly. even even women who were kind of have a higher stature yeah they're treated even worse than now <laughs> <laughs> way worse um so she tries when she goes and she does try to get their attention um and as she's this whole part of the story is just introducing characters rapidly mm-hmm. introducing Rapid characters interest. having everybody walk in and out of the picture so as she's trying to get the uh, men's attention uh another co-worker comes in and this one is uh while there's a bunch of co-workers there's only like a like a handful of ranchers that really play a part into the story so this is very important this one. is a very important one so he walks in um very prominent his name is slim uh who's described as a grave and strong man but he has like an ageless face um he, he seems he carries himself with with a with an air not of superiority but of uh, wisdom and experience Mm -hmm. seemingly this is the person who's worked on the ranch uh possibly the longest um he seems to be more familiar with the wife than some of the other ranchers what is his specific relationship to her well he he's an older gentleman right and at one point he was a farmer he did work on a farm now now a farmer as in he worked on the farm or, or the like family name family name uh, maxine no no he was a farmer as in he worked on a farm gotcha. that and that farm happened to be owned by the farmers Got, wow so he has history with her he of. does have history yes. yeah and she's married into the ranchers yes, yes. the ran the ran what does what does he think about her he is always been you know he's he's an older gentleman he's wiser he has a more uh, somber worldview he sees that there there might be something there but she's going through, you know, a, a rough time in her life right now. She's getting married. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. So, you know, there's a lot of stress there. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So um, eventually, so all the characters kind of come in. Um, Robbie's wife, Maxime, leaves. Um, and uh, an- another co-worker walks into uh, the scene. Not really very important, but let's go ahead and just throw another name out there for us. Uh, this is uh, Belinda. 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 So that's strange names in the 1930s. I know. It's they wild. really did. Well, they were trying to, a lot of naming conventions. Not a lot of yeah. them stuck. Well, I mean, times. you can't keep using like normal names. Like you said, they're trying to hide their names. So exactly. they have to use some weird ones. Yeah. So instead of your stage name, it's your work name. <laughs> so all the all the farmhands got to now introduce themselves to George and Lenny since they're brand new, uh, brand new and they have a grand old time. Um, Slim lets one of the men know that... Uh, 
he has a dog on the farm uh and she just had nine pups this may seem like just like a small detail but we know steinbeck why is it important that we know that his dog is having yeah. pups why is it important to the rest of the story yes it's it's really important because the a dog having puppies is also one way of describing that life is being born here but another way of also advancing through time and showing how time has passed yeah. as dogs grow in age we refer to them differently they act differently and it's a way to tell time throughout the story so it's- as well as um a way for each of like the main cast here that have been introduced so far no sorry far um to see how they would each interact uh, gotcha. with each of their so, own so how, how, so so it's cool so it's not just a thematic device it's a plot device too exactly. so how do they act with the the dogs here everybody acts pretty much according to their character already george you know takes a look at this puppy he's like you know i could bring him into the fold this could be a good dog i could train it I could help it. It could help me run with my my mouth. I already my words already going. Having a dog there <laughs> might help. You know, animals have helped in a lot of different scenarios, yeah. let alone talking, performances, yeah. any other things. Dogs are probably historically one of the most helpful animals. They True. were man's they were best friend. Originally yeah. bred to do jobs, but they have been great pets, friends, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, great uns- talkers, like you said. Great, great talkers. talkers. Well, I mean, actually, have you seen like a, a child? go up to a dog that, that you know they, they bark they play together that's true yeah so uh what's really important is is lenny so the dog's gonna have pups uh slim's not gonna keep them all i think he offers them up uh we already know that lenny likes both uh me- tokens of memories um, but he also and likes. Animals. But he likes animals. That's why he, he took the lobster. He, miss, so, he misses Maine the lobster. Maine the lobster. He misses Maine the lobster. Perhaps he can have uh, a pup. Um, and while uh, Slim is fine with it, how does George feel about Lenny having a pup? George is a little a little hesitant. Right. A lobster is one thing. They're hardy. You just need to give them water and food. They got that hard exoskeleton. <laughs> hard to kill them. Pup, pups are very uh fragile fragile, fragile. They are. Compared to lobsters, lobsters. <laughs> uh, very fragile so he's like well he's been working with lobsters his whole life he hasn't really seen or played with like a cat or a dog very often it's a very different way of playing with them and t- caring for them and it's it, he doesn't feel like it's something that um lenny is yet ready for that's something that needs yeah. to be eased into you just so, can't hand somebody a puppy right off the bat so you really hit the nail on the head that a, a good portion of the story is that george is going to use this as a test for for lenny to be more responsible mm-hmm. so he's kind of had to kind of have to prove to himself that he can take care makes of makes sense yeah take care of an animal yeah. and it's kind of make up sorry i got rid of your lobster here's our new yeah sorry yes. sorry, <laughs> sorry we had to throw away your lobster but we can have a dog yeah um so uh, on the topic of dogs we really haven't mentioned it but one of the farmhands one we first spoke of garco, garco. actually owns uh, an old old sheep dog that really seems to be on its last leg metaphorically speaking something important happens to this dog or is more say done to this dog it's really important to the story what is that uh this dog is found later after some time to be deceased so they just find the dog they find the dog dead yes they find the dog what happened to it yeah 
well that that's the the big mystery that starts now they find the dog dead <laughs> and now they're trying to figure out why the dog died so they <laughs> so they so it's a mystery it's like this becomes Wait, a part of Steinbeck. this is like one of the first mystery novels there is a little bit of mystery who knew yeah. that wow. steinbeck was writing it's like, mysteries it's like Tolkien with heist, but we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that um <laughs> You look, you look worried, Nick. Are you all right? Oh, I'm sorry. That's just my regular sitting face. My oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, so they find the dog deceased. Um, they, they kind of they're trying to figure out, but granted, they all know this dog was fucking old. This dog was. Fucking it probably old. just died could've naturally. Just been old age. <laughs> yeah, could have just been old age, but it doesn't make Garko any less sad. Exactly, and that's why this whole mystery thing starts. He can't really accept the fact that you know. His old dog that he has loved for most of his life has passed. And he just can't accept the fact that it has passed. Okay. That's where the mystery starts. He's like, there there has to be something else here. Okay. So like any good mystery, we're not going to just go to follow it down the barrel. We'll, we're going to kind of like go away and come back to it. So exactly. The night rolls on after they find the, the dog deceased. Um, and this is the next day. So they, they've already done work. Um, so this is nights later. Um, Lenny. So they're keeping all the pups uh, in the barn with the dog, you know, the mother and um lenny like what likes to play with the pup um so he's playing with the puppies in the barn but he he is told that doing so lenny can sometimes have hard time um showing restraint well, he's used to playing with lobsters that's true yes. yeah he's used to like playing with lobsters you can squeeze the shit out of those things yeah. yep and they was fucking like, hard they got so so he is told that not to play too much or too rough with those pups because like you said they are fragile so it's part of the test mm -hmm. uh but he does spend time kind of playing in the uh in the barn with the pups uh robbie comes by the bunkhouse and he's looking for his wife maxine maxine slim told her that uh oh no sorry they they're told that the last saw uh her in the barn with slim with slim yeah barn in, uh, with slim and that slim might still be in the barn so while that they're going to go look for uh slim in the bar and lenny at this point has already come back to the bunkhouse they're talking to george uh, he's talking to george of course yeah. and they start talking about their dreams again uh, his dream of being a jazz singer or a, really a singer of any type of music that he enjoys right but this time someone overhears them who overhears them and and why is that important that it's heard well the person that overhears happens to be the missing person that's being searched for it's maxine oh maxine 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 overhears that maxine overhears oh okay why is this important that she hears his jazz being a singer well you know something new couples like to do is discuss just what they hear throughout the day rumor other things that they've heard as they go throughout the day that's true so of course this works its way up the ladder to Robbie. Oh, it, can, and it then would head up there. To Bobby. So they, they, do they notice her listening in? No. They don't. Nope. Fascinating. So this is kind of a more for the viewer thing. This is definitely a more for the viewer. Yeah. This is a thing that's like the oh, reader, should I say? We're, we're showing you the, the cogs that are moving in the Co background. Gotcha. Right, right, I can't right. wait to see how these cogs turn. Me too. So, so she overhears them talking about it. It's like, oh, she may use that later on. We don't know. It's mm -hmm. part of the mystery that the, we now know that this is a mystery novel. Um, so eventually Slim, Robbie and uh, other farmhands come back from uh, the barn to the bunkhouse. Uh, Slim is upset that Robbie keeps asking him about the whereabouts of his wife. So it seems like this has happened before. So it seems like he has a hard time 
uh, keeping tabs on his wife. Robbie does. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be because she doesn't like him. That it might be really because seems she wears the pants. Like you it know, seems like she, yeah, she seems to have a better business mind, and she wants to you know get further in this business. Right. And Curly just used to it isn't that good. And so while Slim kind of you know knocks Robbie down a peg, and all the farmhands kind of jump in on that, um, and they kind of tease him. Um, to the point at which it seems like he's going to pick a fight with one of them. Mm-hmm. What happens here? Does that well, does it escalate? You know, oh, yes, of course it escalates. But as you know, these are ranch hands and farm hands. They've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. They're big. They're burly. They're bulky. So, of course, he's, he's trying to pick a fight with somebody who doesn't look the strongest. And out of all of them... Who's the talker and not the lifter? Oh, it's George. It's George. George. So he picks a fight with picks George. Picks a fight with George? He's going to pick a fight with George. Wow, oh, the jazz shit. singer. Shit. Yeah. George, the jazz singer in Georgia. Well, what, yep. hap- what happens? How does this fight play out? Well, they forget one little detail. And that George may not be strong, but he is a little fast. You know, when you're on those boats lobster fishing. you got to be quick. Those, stro- those rogue waves. Those uh, lobsters coming out of the sea to bite, to attack. <laughs> I don't want to be caught. You have to you have to defend yourself. He wasn't he wasn't strong, but he was quick. So this fight goes on and it's not looking good for either of them. He's not landing any punch. Robbie isn't landing any punches. George isn't able to do anything really to him. He's able to dodge. He's able to dodge and weave. But dodge and weave. Dodge and weave. What happens? It ends up with both of them exhausted, calling it a draw. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. Steinbeck really knows how to subvert expectations. He really does. As you know, this is a mystery novel. Who knew that Steinbeck was great at subverting expectations and writing mystery novels? Well, uh, with that, I think it's a good point for us to take a short break. We'll be right back. We want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any suggestions on which books you would like us to cover, have any complaints, comments, or hot takes on our podcast, or if you simply want to say hi, you can find us on Twitter at no need to read pod, or you can email us at no need to read podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and back to the show. The the stalemate fight's gone on. They've they've kind of you know they've gotten over it, but they're still a little shaky around each other. Uh, at this point, most of the men, the farm workers, have gone into town for entertainment. Um, they get paid at the end of the month, so they go into town and spend their money. Um, Lenny is actually one person that stays behind. So George leaves, Lenny stays behind, and he pays a visit to uh, someone named Crooks. Now, this is a character we have not uh, uh, visited yet. Uh, Crooks is the actually the stable hand, uh, and he's the only African-American person to work on the farm. So this is the 1930s. Uh, race relations are uh, terrible. Abysmal. <laughs> yeah. so, Fucking atrocious. White, really bad. Uh, so, bad. Uh, so he's, uh, he's the only African-American to work on the farm, and he's the stable man. And in fact, because of the color of his skins, Crooks does not actually live in the bunkhouse. Uh, he instead lives in a small shed. Uh, off the side of the barn. Uh, so as the two of them talk, uh, they're later joined by uh, Garko. Garko, uh, Garko, who also stays behind. 
and uh, Garko starts talking about the, ja- the the singing. Yeah. Now George isn't there, but he starts talking about the about the singing. How now? How did he find out about this? Because right. Maxine was the one who Maxine was the one eavesdropping. So how does Garko know that George wants to be a singer? Well, as you know. The rumor mill, once it starts turning, doesn't stop. So it goes from Maxine to Robbie to Bobby. Bobby then goes and talks about it out in the open. He's like, oh, this, this guy wanted to be a jazz singer. And then everybody, like, some people start hearing about it. There's just a few people in the house hear about the conversation. And that slowly spreads out to the farm. Hands. Why does Garko have interest in it? Yeah, like, why, he seems excitable about why it. Why does he bring it up? Yeah, he seems interesting. He, almost like he seems like he could help. Why uh, is he so interested garko you might not think this because of his very impressive physique very strong very big you wouldn't think that this man also is a musician oh sweet yeah. what does he do what does he do he plays the banjo yo garko so, on the banjo garko on the banjo so, that, so he's like i'm kind of interested we could probably get into it like a band and Mm-hmm. get out of yeah. this farm work. wow yeah get a whole band together honestly yeah garko leading the banjo garko leading the banjo. banjo player what does crooks think about this the farm hand or the uh stable hand crooks at first is like a jazz singer what do you mean and then as as garko starts explaining this to him he's like you know a band that sounds pretty good i also play an instrument what does he play upright bass so yeah crooks is an old bass player so it's yep. essentially old it's like player. We have the the dream is of becoming a like not just a singer a whole band. band. Well, it's, it's uh, better band to market. Right. It's better to market. It's better to have the people. Yep. Play and with. it's and it's easier. So like a singer, you know, they need a band to back them up. Exactly. And, and so Sweet. the dream is becoming more um, it, it, tangible. Yes. Uh, they can they can get to it easier. So, All the pieces are finally coming together. So the dream kind of and that and that gets uh, Lenny excited for because it, it's it, his brother's it's dream. It's closer to them achieving his brother's right, dream. Right, exactly. Right. So yeah. the three of them are talking about this. And, mm-hmm. and, and and when they're talking about this, they get interrupted by a familiar visitor. Who is that? It's Maxine. Of Maxine. course. She's always listening about. And why why is she there? Why is she there? Because as per usual. She's going around behind Robbie's back and just doing whatever she wants. And one of those things is not going into town. It's staying here. Because Robbie wants to go into town. He wants to have a good time. He wants to drink. Or maybe And he wants know. her to go with him. Yeah, he wants her to go with nah, him. She doesn't want to. Yeah, of course. She really not. is a good businesswoman. Like yeah. she she wants to She's stay. She's like, on I'm the not job. gonna stay and drink. I'm gonna stay back here. Gotcha. At the so how does she feel about people, you know, dreaming of leaving the the farm? Who are possibly good, pretty good work hands. Well, of course she's not happy about it. Right. She's a little upset because, you know, the family's going to be intertwined at this point. But then she realizes something. Garko is one of the strongest people right. on the ranch. Yeah. And, and then Crooks is their only stable hand. <laughs> He's the only person taking care of the horses. Very valuable asset. Lenny is also extremely strong. She secretly doesn't want this relationship to work out. So she is going to support them getting out of here and leaving uh, to ruin Robbie and Bobby so who are their strongest And then people. she can take over. Yep, and then she can take over. She can be the big, the big wow, boss. Wow, wow. Okay. This makes a lot of sense, honestly. So, so she essentially, she tells them that she she's throwing her support their way yeah very, very political them. so they very, know, very so political. they know so they're so once again this is what, what Steinbeck is really kind of setting up is that 
the dream is becoming tangible. Mm-hmm. You can almost taste it. It's, it's right ju- there. It's just out of reach. They're mm-hmm. only a few steps away. Yeah, but the closer you get to it, the harder it can fall. That's, That's right. Damn. So days go by. Yes. Uh, I'm sure Lenny tells George about this and oh. it becomes more tangible. They're going to try and, you know, maybe save up some money so they can get, you know, maybe some new instruments mm-hmm. and um, and kind of, you know, get close to the dream. Make it, you know, make a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're kind of at the climax here. Yeah. So we're, we're reaching the high point. We're reaching the high point. We've essentially, we've established a, a, a goal. Mm-hmm. So we're hitting the climax of the story. This is ultimately the part that we've all been waiting for. So the next day, uh, work has ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the people are outside. They're kind of enjoying themselves, playing games, you know, horseshoes, what it is, uh, relaxing after a day of work. But Lenny is not playing games with them. He is alone inside the barn what's he doing there well of course he's been having some alone time these past few days weeks um playing with the pups and you know he's getting himself over he's like not gonna play with them like i play with lobsters playing with them like they're smaller they're frat did he ever name his puppy that he got in replace of maine the lobster yeah yes what did you name it maine two maine two the reckoning Main two, the reckoning. It's, it's a, a very dog. long. Name. Gave it a title. Yeah, he gave it a title. Wow. wow. Means he got a key. He has to keep it around. Do, does we're at the climax of the story, so something important has to happen here mm-hmm. with Lenny. It, it. What happens? Does he? Does he succeed? He gave the dog a name. He's playing with it. Has he learned his lesson? They're close to the dream. You close know. to the what dream. What happens with the mystery that we've been setting up? That's They're true. Close to the dream. And that Lenny, while he is learning all of this, he is trying to be more gentle with these dogs. But as you know, he's spent close to every single day after the job is done, after the work is done on the ranch with these dogs. They've come to know him. They've Mm -hmm. come to love him. These dogs now only follow Lenny. Really? Yeah, they only They've grown. They're dogs now. They're grown. Well, you know, dogs can grow... to large size in weeks, oh, months. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And so the dogs only listen to him. Really? Yes. Why is this a problem? Uh, it's a problem because those aren't all his dogs. Ah, uh, okay. Some so of them belong to other people on the yeah, farm. That makes sense. So what does it have to do with the mystery with the murdered dog? Well, we don't know if the dog's murdered. That's true. Sorry. Yeah. I, just the dead but dog. But it is a mystery of how it died. Yeah. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does it... it- how does that tie in? As you know, it all circles back to this dead dog. And it was that the dog did not just die of natural causes. It was partially Lenny's fault. How? How? He was he was playing with the dog, didn't realize how old the dog was. <laughs> if you know, I do I have older dogs as well. Yeah. You can't actually play with them as much because like older dogs, especially like sheep hounds and lab dogs, yeah. tend to get weaker hearts as they go on. He just played too much and heart couldn't keep up with oh, that older no. dog. And now he's in charge of all these dogs and they look up to him. Exactly. But these are young, healthy dogs. Yeah. They're stronger. Wow. Yeah. They're not older. When you get a puppy and when it goes into like adolescence to a fully grown adult dog... They, you can play a lot, but you want to strengthen their hearts. 
It's actually what, I, what we did with my labs at home is we you train them. They're really? more muscular. Yeah. That actually helps later into their lives so they don't have weak hearts and older That's age. That's amazing. So, so he has all these dogs. They're following him. Everyone's upset he's following him. But if people find out that he was the one, the reason the other dog died, like, yeah, it's catastrophic. Yeah, Everyone, all these pups belong to somebody else. That's true. All the jazz dreams just come crashing down. They can down. come crashing down. One of those is Robbie's pups. He wants one of those dogs. Uh, They're assigned to it. One of them is Maxine's. Spoiler Bobby's even good. thinking about one of them. Bobby so, could have all of them. Yeah, Bobby could have all of them if he wanted. But so, also, that's a big response. That, you know, as a ranch owner, you don't want to have all of those yeah. dogs running around under you. So, as this being the climax, mm -hmm. what is the important event that shoots us towards the ending that that just makes everything come crashing down. yeah we, obviously with john steinbeck we know that there's there's rarely the happiest of endings true. so we've presented the dream we've made the dream tangible all the pieces are there nicholas Joseph. but how does there. the dream come crashing down as you remember from earlier that rumor mill never stops turning and it keeps turning and everybody's talking on the farm. Everybody knows about the Pastaway dog. Everybody knows about Lenny. Everybody knows that Maxine's been watching. There's some things going on behind the scenes. There's gears that are turning and turning. And what's this final piece? Is Robbie. Robbie finally starts to see what's happening. He sees, oh, shit. I'm losing power here. I see... That people are starting to look to Maxine. People are starting to look to everybody that Maxine is backing. And more importantly, there has to be a connecting piece here where I can throw a big fucking stick in this machine and get to come all crashing down so that I can come and clean it up. He remembers hearing about that dead dog. He remembers about Lenny. He remembers everything. He thinks, Lenny's taking care of those dogs right now. I need to depose him and goes up to his father and everybody else and says, Lenny's the one that killed that dog and he's going to kill all of our he, dogs. He said that in front of everybody? He says that in front He goes fucking crazy. So he starts, bla <laughs> not, so he starts blaming Lenny. Starts blaming Lenny for, for everything and for future mistakes and he that makes, might not happen. Yeah, that like Lenny has, but, it, but we know that Lenny has been in the barn on his own playing with the pups. So no one has actually seen. So no one knows how good he is with the pups. With exactly. The yeah. Nobody knows. So so with Robbie coming and saying he might kill all of our dogs. Exactly. How do the people react? Well, you know, everybody else, they know, all the work hands, they know Lenny. They like Lenny. Lenny's great. He's working with George. George is great. But here's the big issue. Bobby is going to believe his son. And he has all the money. And, and he has all the money. He has all the power. He's back in the town. He knows the police. He knows everyone. He's going to try and get them arrested, sent out of here, out of a job, everything. <laughs> so what happens? Ultimately, ultimately, how does this end? It ends very simply. <laughs> they, it starts. This whole machine starts come crashing down. Robbie comes in. He's like, it's all their fault. He's going to kill all our future dogs. He's the problem. Maxine realizes, oh, shit, this is a huge issue. The jig is up. The, yeah, everything's gone wrong. The plan is falling wow. down. So what does she do? Well, she actually knows this farm, knows the farmhands, knows the schedule. Robbie, little slimeball, greasy, sleazy guy, 
actually doesn't know where anybody is on this farm at any given time. So, Which is why he was always asking around, yeah, where's Slim, where's yeah, my where's wife? wife? Where's Slim, where's my wife, where's the dogs? My wife. He doesn't know she, anything she about She knows farm. where everything is. Exactly, so she goes, she runs out of the house. She alerts everybody. She's like, he's going to come in here. I know you guys Bobby's are Bobby's coming with the cops. Yep, and he starts, she's like, here, I'll give you some money. You guys need to get going. You need to leave. She tells everyone to leave? She tells people to leave. Oh, shit, so what happens? Like, does... does does uh, um, um, Garko, what does he do? Garko, he's like, well, I don't want to give up my dreams. And I can help these people. I'm going to get them out of here. I'm going to get everybody out of he's here. He's going to try to help get people out he's of gonna here. He's going to try and get okay, everybody wow. out of there. So, like, is that including, like, George and Lenny? It's including Slim? George, Lenny, Slim, uh, Crooks, everybody all else. Of all of them. Jesus Christ. They're getting dude. a mass evacuation <laughs> out of there. So where do they go? Yeah, how does it all play out? Yeah, come on. <laughs> well, they need a new cover. They need a new identity. Maxine sets them up with money. What does she do? She gets them set up as a band. <laughs> she gets, she pushes them out. So, so, so George Steinbeck actually flips it on its head. You think it's going to be a tragedy. Exactly. Because this Robbie is why in. it's one of his best works because he subverts everyone's expectations of his own works. Multiple times. Multiple, Multiple times. times. So it actually, so the story actually ends. They, they, do they become a successful yeah, band? Do they they set them up as a band and they start performing for the people and everybody fucking loves them. Well, what, They're absolutely what amazing. What happens with Robbie and Bobby going after them? They show up. But what do they do? They can't just get the people off stage. Everybody's loving them. The whole It's like, oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> and the Blues Brothers. Like, yeah. like, yeah, we can't. Yeah. So, so then, They're like, we can't stop them. What do, they, what do they do with all the dogs? The dogs? They're following Lenny. They're part of the fucking they're band. The band. They're, they're the band. They're the Holy shit. Yes, they're part of the band. What about, what about Maxine? Maxine, she says, fuck you, Robbie. I'm not doing anything. These guys are a success. Fuck you. I'm leaving my family. I'm a music producer what about now. Bobby and, and Robbie? What do they, do they, like. Their whole business fails. Jesus Christ. What it's about, down in the dumps. George make a successful Of course he does. He's an amazing yeah, singer. What about Lenny? Does well, he get happiness? Oh, of course he does. He oh, leads the whole crew. He takes care of the dogs. He helps load up everything and leave and <laughs> set up the whole band john fucking steinbeck truly a master class in fucking art wow wow just wow who knew nicholas jose riley that's who that's who knew i knew the whole time everyone that is the story of of mice, of mice and men. men funny enough no mice only men. Only, Only men. men. And some dogs. But what? And a lobster. What are weak men but mice? That's Scrolling around. Kind of said that's trying myself. to get the scraps. That's Robbie. That's so, Robbie and Bobby. So they're the mice. We finished the story. Nick, what are what's the what's the theme? What's the lesson of this story? The theme is perseverance, working through everything, trying to achieve your goals, and forming those bonds, no matter where they might be, no matter where the time forming the bonds with the people around you and strengthening them and knowing that at the end when everything may come crumbling down put your trust in the people closest to you and your family and everything will work out wow john motherfucking steinbeck truly wow. a masterclass. so rating rating yeah well, how, any, would you, any, how would you any how would, scale any scale any uh any value how would you rate this this book? i give this an eight out of nine pups eight out of nine pups Great. Wow. What was your favorite part? 
My favorite part definitely was that ending. How everything tied yeah, together. Yeah, me too. Everything I, I, I think I think it's pretty unanimous that that the ending is the best part because it's the greatest thing Steinbeck ever wrote. We're uh, we're, we're flip flop back and forth. We don't know what's going to happen. It's we're a roller coaster. Clearly. Truly. It's clearly a roller coaster of a ride, and and in the end, I think we're all better. I think we're all better for it. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, thank you for sticking with us and uh, taking your time out of your day. Uh, we hope you're uh, a little more educated than you were before. I, I hope so. Um, thank you so much for listening in. Please tune in next week when we discuss War and, and Peace. peace.